Hello, universe. I, uh, I'm coming at you on the 6th of October. It is 9.48, and that's my cat exiting the room for what must be her first venture of the day since I think she's been sleeping for some 20 hours or so in here with the space heater in the bedroom as cats are prone to do but I certainly did not get on to talk about my kitty cat because the last time I actually made a recording was on 9-11 and why have I taken this long to record something new? Uh, there are a lot of reasons. But the biggest reason is uh, the crisis of conscience I've had my entire life. And that is that there is anything truly relevant in my experience to share with you having your experience in a way to elevate both our experiences and thus elevate humanity collectively? Or am I just a nuisance knocking on your door asking for donations for a charity that you don't give a shit about? And while those two levels of character variance may not be the extremes I'm looking for, nor even the diametrically opposed opposites that I would like to pretend they are, having value, personal value even, in this universe and recognizing it as such and then moving forward in a way that isn't dismissive, reductive or in another way undermining someone else's value. I guess I've struggled with that my whole life. What do I have to offer that's of any value? How is it that I am going to leave the people I have met on this planet better than when I found them? Maybe that's too much to ask. I think sometimes when the universe is showing me the interactivity of our consequential actions, those that we choose to do, and how those impacts then reverberate back and forward through time, how they find their way woven through the life plans of people you don't even know. It's it it, it comes down to a test of whether or not you can have faith that just being yourself in the best capacity you can with whatever the moment is throwing at you matters and I I find the pretense the puffery the smug self-satisfaction of those who tell a story as if they have possession of something of value that they alone have been given or even come to understand. 
I find the charlatan nature of most of that conversation almost too difficult anymore to wade through. But you can't be Copernicus and have a paradigm shaping or shaping a paradigm shattering moment of intellectual proficiency if you aren't willing to believe that maybe I'm the only one who's figured it out. We don't move forward without the voice of reason standing up and saying, but wait, I know everybody thinks that, but I think this for these reasons. Well, I think trying to have those sort of finality measurements for your answers is the mistake. This isn't a game of darts. We aren't pinpointing isolate moments of time on a map of consequence to weave a fabric of universal occurrence. It doesn't work that way. We're literally riding the waves, the oscillations, the patterns, both up and down, created by consequence and action in a sequence of space, time, reality that allows those actions to distribute across the reality that's being created. But it's never static like we think it is. It isn't point A to point B to point C to point D to point E. It's A, B, C, D, E. And D sharp, even though we don't hear it, it's there, as is B flat. All at the same time, all in different patterns, and all simultaneously occurring in the infinite space that can be. And if you're not willing to believe that just your decision to go forward with the true value you feel from within, as society will listen to it or not, you will announce with clarity and purpose how kind, understanding, and forgiving you can be so that you radiate the opportunity for society to come back and say, now we understand how to be kind, understanding, and forgiving ourselves. So how do you be kind? <laughs> Isn't everyone kind? Are we, are we mean? Are, are there just people who walk out like a rabid bulldog, ready to bite whatever they run into? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. No. I mean, if you haven't had a lot of sleep and you're drunk, probably. But even though I have found ways to become that rabid bulldog in my life, I'm not that rabid bulldog. Not even close. I was, uh, I was at work a couple days ago, and one of the uh, one of the challenges uh, of the particular store in which I work is we are on a very uh, popular couple of blocks for the homeless to gather. So we have a lot of homeless people in our particular parking lot area and uh, even in our store. Now, this isn't an issue for me in a, in a, in a 
us versus them capacity. If anything, the whole situation is sad. Um, but what it turns into is a a an issue of resource management for the public free resources that are available. Things like battery-operated shopping carts, which uh, are challenging to manage because A, the batteries have to be charged, so they aren't free energy devices. So there are times when nothing is available because they are charging up to be run. So if someone's not managing them, oftentimes they are stalled out somewhere in the store. The second problem is they are truly a device that is used only 10% of the time by the people who need it versus 90% of the time by people who, well, not 90, 10 more percent of the time by people who are temporarily uh, easier off with it and 80% of the time by people who find it uh, an entertaining distraction to try the carts. So with that sort of disparity the chances of the people who truly needing it getting it when they need it, it doesn't happen often enough. In fact, more often than not, the people who truly need it are left with resources that are either not available or uh, failing them in real time. It, and it, it's terrible. <laughs> it's a tough situation to, to, uh, to figure out without having one of these available for everybody who walks in the door charged up and ready to go at all times. That would be a solution that would solve the problem entirely. All other solutions leave something to be desired. That said, this isn't even a problem anyone's working on. This is just something we manage because the resources suck and people have to deal with it. Which means, occasionally, you run into somebody truly struggling to get through the store who, if you had an electric cart charged and ready to go, you could solve their problem. But since you don't, well... I saw a man on two crutches with no use of his legs. If you're familiar with South Park uh, and know the characters Timmy and Jimmy, think Jimmy. He's got the same motion uh, capabilities as Jimmy. Well, this man is pushing a cart through our store while dragging himself alongside it on two crutches. And I think to myself, uh, no, he's not going to shop in this capacity. Uh, so I grab his cart and walk around the store with him and uh, make sure that the only struggle he has personally is the one that he came in the store with and that we aren't making it worse. Because I don't know how to make it better. But I'm not going to let this guy, because we can't provide the kind of resources that would truly make his shopping experience manageable. I'm not going to let him push his own cart around, for goodness sake. I can't believe he's gotten 50 feet into the store, to be honest, without somebody else taking over this position. But I'm glad it's me, because uh, I have the opportunity to discuss uh, the challenges that uh, life has thrown at him. And he's very dignified about it. And I hope in some way um, he understands that I don't see him as anything other than uh, capable. So all these things are running through my head as I'm trying to get this 
customers, uh, shopping experience, manageable. And when I get him out to the uh, to the van and get his all his stuff loaded up, and tell him anytime he's in the store, you know, please uh, ask somebody for assistance if for some reason uh, the resources are not available and he you know he says I shop here enough that those carts have been broken for over a year so why is it so hard for you guys to provide working cripple carts for us cripples why do you have them sitting up front and unusable for those of us who need them and you know it's the kind of thing where I didn't really give a shit about this two weeks ago. I knew it was a nuisance. And I had helped other customers in a nuisance capacity. But not to this degree. And so now it's like I had to make it my crusade. I mean, I say I help people or that I want to be helpful. And, uh, and here is a glaring need for someone to help. And no one's doing anything about it. So, uh, I guess the biggest issue was that our batteries are shit. And uh, don't charge or take a charge or yada yada. Or they get stolen and all kinds. So, uh, it is now my initiative in October to figure out, A, how we can distribute those resources in a more... Um, they don't end up uh, two blocks away from the store. Uh capacity B how do we get the batteries and everything that's necessary for them to be available when they are needed charged up and ready to go and see how do we do so in a way that they are being maintained so that we aren't in a situation where all of our carts are failing us simultaneously and uh, I don't really uh, begrudge anybody who wants to pick one of these up and shop that way I really don't if you're 13 years old and you're driving around on the cart, well, you're maybe the one person I would ask that you not use that resource. But if you're an adult who feels that's something you need, well, one, I would say, why? Um, life's much better done without the assistance of anything, especially something to help you walk. But B, um, if that resource is available uh, to you and you take the final uh, cart knowing that there's nothing left for who might be walking in the door behind you well are you the neediest person in the store who could be there to need that cart and if you're not then why are you taking it and again this little rant has nothing to do with the universe and our choices that get made by the feelings that we're owed something like the assistance of not having to trudge through the store after whatever kind of day we've been through. Uh, I get that. I get that we all are owed some kind of a break that we're not getting. And I get that we all are being asked to do more than is fair. And that once in a while, even if it's not the kind of thing that we can't get by without, but a resource that gives our day just a bit more comfort or a little bit of ease that's available and always there and nobody else is using, well, yeah, I might just sit down and take advantage. 
for me to pretend that I'm anything else other than the person willing to take advantage of situations that look there to be taken advantage of would be the ultimate hypocrisy. So I don't begrudge the universe of people needing a break, finding a break, and taking that break at all. But I do begrudge a universe that lets a guy who has to drag his legs around on two sticks push his own cart through a store full of people who seem unwilling to help. It just, again, makes me wonder, what's our humanity come down to? If we're, if we're so wrapped up in our own shit that we can't see somebody struggling so clearly and offer our help. So, I guess the break I've taken here has been about coming to terms with everyone else's energies. Feeling the intensity of people's suffering, their fears, their misadjustments, even their maladroitness, or whatever other word can sequence in here to describe how we don't fit in to this skin suit as who we truly are because of the environment we're presented with when we get here. This collective agreement of civilized humankind as we know it. There's static. The radio signal doesn't tune in perfectly. There's some level of distortion, and we all experience it. And in some ways, that distortion can just lead to the stupidity of the cart situation at my store. Well, okay. That's just life. Life turns into little stupid snafus. But if we ignore them, if we just think that's somebody else's job, that's somebody else's responsibility, I don't even know what's going on with that, so how would I even go fix it? Well, you won't if you have that attitude. But if you see something that's got the potential to be better than it is, and you don't do anything about it, well, what if you were the last chance? What if that system now will never be noticed again for its inaccuracy, its inevitability of disappointment that could be turned around and fixed, or at least you see an opportunity to make the world better? Well, take it. Take it and make it. And if you don't, well, learn the lesson that comes with not failing, just not succeeding. And then go for it again so here I sit some 200 recordings into this thing and I think what's my motivation well it's that explaining how and why this human experience has both resonated on the upswing and torn me down on the downswing how all of that has come collectively back into a position of confidence, of ability to 
maneuver and create a universe of true ascension by just taking advantage of the ways that I can make the universe better. That's all there is to it. It is the whole point. And I'll explain what happened on 9-11 that caused me, for the first time ever, to decide not to publish a recording I had made. I lost it on 9-11. And not for, not for the American 9-11 reasons either. And, uh, and I thought I had... I thought I had some level of personal insight that when I allowed myself to decompress, I came to see I was 180 degrees wrong. And it took me 26 days to reinvest in my sense of purpose, having made what to me felt like a catastrophic um, misassessment. So, not to be cryptic, but there's no reason to be distracted by what 26 days of mental Chautauqua, what that brought me. The point is to bring forward through the next series of recordings what that means for me going forward. And what it means is I'm no longer afraid or apprehensive about the role I've chosen, the reason I'm here, and what my connection to the source of whatever the universe's existence presents means. I'm now filled with faith in myself and in humanity. I believe we are capable of an inconceivable from our position ascension of spiritual meaning and fulfillment. Having <laughs> that sentence mean what it does to me now is what journey I've been on for between five and ten years. And all of the time spent between the age of, say, 10, 11, 12 until my early 40s was time wandering aimlessly with the ungrounded notion that I couldn't matter, that none of it could matter. This could not possibly be relevant in a grand scheme of anything other than the coincidental flame of life that is my stupid existence. I don't deserve any level of figuring things out. I didn't do the hard work. I didn't grind 
the faith grindstone. If anything, I gave up on myself. Suicidal ideation is the kind of comfort that my 30s and 40s knew closely enough to have tried twice. Gestures are a better description than actual attempts because as with all cowardly acts in my life, I don't really have the stones to do something as permanent as taking myself out of the equation. But I certainly wanted to leave this planet on every level that I could think of because I couldn't find a way to have faith that it mattered. So faith ran me over like a dump truck, left me in the mud of self-belief and self-confidence, and I thought, well, okay, if I'm not going to give up on myself and humanity, well then I'm going to damn well explain why I thought I should, and now why I won't. So that's my purpose. I know I'm not alone. I know plenty others of you thought and think all this bullshit is for the birds or for anybody but you. And you're right. <laughs> you are. But not for the reasons you think. You're right because you came into a situation that is here to test your ability to believe in yourself and that you matter. And you've never seen a more challenging environment in which to compose those feelings and thoughts in a way that you know you're right and you believe. This place will tear you down and then it'll rip you apart and then it will put you through like one of those mesh screens so that you turn into little pebbly blood particles and then it'll feed you to the crows. And then what one piece the crows don't eat that sits there and dries up in the sun, they'll take that and they'll reinvent your life and make you live it all over again. Or we can all decide to be a sign of beings of grace. And so, given the choice, even I thought, okay, I've probably done the crow thing four or five times, so maybe I should do that ascending grace thing this time. Well, that's what it feels like. Like the ultimate knucklehead finally came to realize that he was wrong about almost everything. So, having learned to be wrong by making every mistake possible so you know, well, that's got to be the way you don't do it. Somehow, I think I've wandered into the way that you do. Am I filled with self-importance, ego, and gobsmacking smugness? It sure feels that way, doesn't it? Here's what I need to tell you. Now, will you listen? No, I'm not that guy. I, you know, I don't need to tell you shit. Live your life. Discover who you are. Allow this universe to do anything but knock you down into a place that you think you need to be something other than your true self. Those are the mistakes that'll set you back. Those are the ones that'll have you regretting actions you've taken. 
but the belief in your true self that one will take you far it will give you the gift of always knowing that you did the thing you most needed to do to continue showing the universe that you have value that you are worth it and that you manifested for a reason I know that sounds like I'm talking from a pulpit but at 2828 given the amount of 28 great life well I know I'm right I know faith is the hardest thing to believe has value and I know that the human experience wants to tell us all that not only are we not worth it but we're the problem nope 26 days of coming back full circle to knowing that every single one of us has the grace and purpose of true divine destiny to be here in this moment sharing this collective experience I can't wait to share with you everything that I can possibly think is available to be shared including this terrible ending so if you've made it this far well, <laughs> 29-29, baby.